My finger is going down. It's about to press play on the tape. How's that? It's episode 18. And I'm one of your hosts today, tonight, Daz. And with me, I have the team. I have Mr. Alex Bosnich, Oz Retro Gamer. I'm very well, uh, Daz. And how are you going this fine evening? Oh, oh, feeling very jolly in this last, uh, t- what, 10, 20 seconds? It's been quite, uh, quite funny. It's been, but, a, it's uh, been yeah. a strange, it's been a strange <laughs> beginning to this podcast, and um, but yeah. we'll get there. We'll get there eventually. So, sorry, Daz, go on. Okay. Yes. Uh, next, uh, we have AC, Aaron, Azar. How you going, mate? I am good, gentlemen. Yourself? Very well, very well. And uh, well done on the last episode for hosting. You did a great job. Thanks, guys. It was a bit, bit of a bit of a shame missing missing you out there. It was a, a good chat. It would have would have been good to have you along, but um, yeah, uh, worked out well. Ah, that's all right. It might it might have got you uh used with me not being there, but we'll get into that later. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. Now, as Alex was saying, it started off very strange beforehand. It, there's a reason why, and that's because we have Alex Serblander with us. How you going, mate? It's showtime. It's showtime, exactly. The, the the famous phrase from the Retro Domination podcast. That's right. How you going, guys? <laughs> good. Good. So Fantastic. Good, yeah, pretty Thanks good. For... <laughs> Thanks for joining us tonight, man. I'm, I'm Sorry, glad like after I'm, all the... I feel like Sorry? I'm calling overseas. It's like a Eurovision, bad Eurovision episode. <laughs> I was going to say, okay. we have to let people know that uh, we're using Atari 8-bits tonight uh, to record this podcast. Exactly. <laughs> and and what, what is our topic tonight, Alex? Jeez, oh, you put me on the spot, man. Um, Come on. Sh- oh, look, I'll just pick uh, Atari 8-bit. There we go. Done. Uh, how's that? And, and you know what? And we should feature the XEGS. How's that sound? Well, considering well, we've got... I know we've got Serby um, on tonight's episode, so uh, he's a massive uh, XC game system fan, and um, yeah, we'll definitely get get into that one. Jack Tramiel's um, parting um, 8-bit system from Atari. But uh, yeah, man, there's uh, there's a lot to cover this month. We've got um, Publisher of Choice, we'll get to that uh, in a short while, and um the social media um, channels as well. We've had a plethora of tweets and I don't know how Facebook went. I bet you it went shit. He's <laughs> <laughs> so brutal. Jeez. So brutal. Am this I correct, just... AC? Oh, spoilers. Um, yes. <laughs> okay, spoilers. Sorry, man. Um, yeah, but uh, no, I, I have hijacked this episode enough. So, um, uh, yeah, let's, let's, let's start. Where do we start with the Atari 8-bits, gents? How do we, how do we start it? Atari 400. Yeah, not 1979, yeah. man. 1979, yeah. around November 1979, Atari, um, yeah, they released their 400 series and their 800 as well. And um, they actually did quite quite well, uh, considering uh, the only competition would have been um, uh, the Commodore Pet. And uh, when did the VIC-20 come out? That came out a few years later, I think. Um, might have been 80. 81? 81. Yeah. Yeah. But they actually sold a couple million units, which which is phenomenal. <clears throat> yeah. But, Especially um, at the prices. The prices were a bit insane. So the 800 actually retailed for 1,000 US dollars on release in 1979. Wow. That's like yeah. about 15,000 current dollars. <laughs> yeah. Or, yeah. <laughs> Without crappy dollar, yeah. So it was huge for the eight hundred. the The four hundred was just a bit under that. Like, like it was four fi- uh, five fifty, so it was almost half. But yeah, that's big bucks for back in the day. That is, man. Uh, which one? Which one of those um, didn't had that uh, funny keyboard? Oh, the, the membrane keyboard. Yeah, that yeah, was, was four hundred. Yeah. Yeah. So it came out with that was the base model had the membrane keyboard, really crappy keyboard. Apparently, I don't know because I've never actually played it. Um, and it had one cartridge slot, whereas the um, 800 had two cartridge slots, and both of them had uh, four controller ports, so you can play Mule, the uh, good old four-player port, port way, as opposed to a lot of two players. Sammy, yeah. why why did the 800 have two uh, two uh, cart ports? 
Oh, uh, that's a question actually for Jay Miner, Daz, because he was the one designed it, not me. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. I actually just got my. Uh, I think one was for the basic cartridge or programming cartridges yeah. or, or in the the operating system, um, and the uh, the other one was for games. But I think I only I only recently got an eight hundred uh, after years and years of hunting, but um, I haven't uh, haven't really delved into that system yet. Okay. All right. Cool. But how nice were they? How nicely were they de- de- designed with the uh, hidden thing, you know, to put your cartridges in? Very, very yeah, clever yeah. and very ahead of their time, Atari. So this is and this is before the NES. How's that? Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So um, yeah, man. And uh, I, I don't know. Is there um, any of you guys actually have played or used the four hundred or eight hundred Ataris? Never. Yeah. Um, the 800 also had RGB output. How's that for 79, 1979? Wow. Man, you're blind my, uh, yeah. Oh, I have to put TNT around my head and just <laughs> push down the fuse. That's amazing. Um, then in the 1983, sorry, moving right along in the um, A8 or the Atari 8-bit uh, computer range, uh, they re- they released the, uh, the XL range. Um, and yeah, it was uh, the 800, the 600, and the 1200. And look, I must admit, I've got the 800. Those things were built like bloody tanks. Um, I'll tell you what, I reckon you can drop it off a, a 10-foot diving board and it, it, it will snap the concrete. Can we test the um, tanks? <laughs> uh, actually, I've got actually, a few spares. Yeah, we can do that. No, I'm just yeah. joking. They're not a Commodore machine. I'll, um, I'm not going to sacrifice any Ataris. Sorry, guys. Nice, okay, nice. you don't have to go there. <laughs> oh, nice, nicely done, man. Nicely done. Um, it, that was actually um, the last of their um, of their eight bits before Atari split and Jack Trammell took over. Um, uh, might have been eighty four, eighty five, and uh, that's when he uh, gave, uh, gave rise to the XE, the XE series. And basically, that came about because Jack Trammell, what he does best is create cheap computers. Right and um, uh, power, yeah. with power without the price, Alex. Absolutely, and uh, computers for the masses, not the classes. So, <laughs> even even though that was a Commodore catch cry that he had, um, yeah. So yeah, look, XC had the um, the sixty five and the one thirty XC, and I think uh, Serbia was there. A, was there another one that was released in Germany and um, Czechoslovakia? That was yeah, Poland. It was really popular. And there was the Atari 800. I think that was the last 8-bit um, by Atari that was produced. Um, I haven't got that one. I've got I've got a 130XC. Um, I've got an 800 as well, um, but I'm, I uh, I haven't seen this. Uh, this was PAL only the 800XC. So only in Eastern Europe, uh, mainly in Eastern Europe. Yeah, it was really popular in Poland as well. And what I liked about them was um, they actually looked like a mini ST, which was um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was pretty cool. That blew my mind because I first saw one um, when I bought my 130XC, and I've never seen them before. This was before the internet, um, and I just went, "What the hell is that?" They just looked like someone shrunk an ST or through the washing machine on hot cycle or something. Yeah, that- so is that pretty much got the same power as the XEGS? Yeah, is yeah, it pretty much identical. Oh. Most, I think yeah, most I think it is, yeah. Yeah, look, um, the the XCGS was actually the um, the last of um, of the of the newer series of the eight bits, and it was purely because of um, Nintendo um, and the NES, and uh, yeah, Jack Trammell. Uh, but, uh, sorry, before I forget, um, uh, XC stood for XL Expanded. Um, um, yeah, for those people that wanted to know what the um, model names were, the menclitch of the model names. Um, yeah, so the XCGS came out in 87, uh, or the XC game system, and that was purely because of um, uh, Nintendo marketing, um, you know, consoles. So that's why the XCGS is a uh, console slash computer um, slash everything else in between with uh, nice pastel buttons on the you actual... You've got to love uh, pastels. you got to love them. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. So, um, you know, it's uh, it's. Uh, I got introduced um, by that system by you, uh, Serbian. Um, yeah, I've actually got a couple of them now. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. and I've and got a, I've got an extra keyboard uh, thanks to Aaron. Yeah, when it finally turned up, because who knew that if you missed a one-off an address, that it wouldn't go to the right spot. 
I'm also sorry. I'm also thankful to Aaron that I have one as well. But the whole thing. I did, didn't I? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, now the interesting bit about this. Now, I don't know 100, percent but uh, are all the games interchangeable across the range? Like, can you actually yeah. plug in? Uh, I don't know, a cart from an XC into an XL, and vice versa, or um, even yes, going you back can. to the. Oh, yeah, wow. except except for the earlier ones with lower memory, um, I don't think the later game cartridges would play. Uh, you might have to um, you, you might have to upgrade the memory. I'm not sure on that, but I know that with the XCGS, for example, um, you can play everything beforehand. So if you connect uh, a data set, you can play all the tape games. If you um, connect the disk drive, you can play all the previous disk games and every single cartridge that's out there. Now, the fact that they introduced backward compatibility is uh, pretty cool, man. Um, I'm very, very impressed with that. I actually, I actually didn't know that. I thought, I thought with the carts you probably can with certain uh, um, models or not, but um, there we go. I should actually crack some open and have a look. I actually believe in talking to there. There are, I think, a couple of the earlier titles that they had to re they re-released to actually make them work properly with the the XE series. I'm struggling to think off the top of the head which they were, but I do know the the basic stuff aside. Um, but I think there were a couple of the really early ones, but they, they later saw single, some of the arcade titles, I think, wasn't it, Serby, that got re-released for the XE? Yeah, I think the way... I was speaking to Bruce from um, BNC Computer Visions, or my Atari, and asking about this um, a while back, and he was saying that they were meant to... Atari was pushing for for new, new games... Uh, sorry, new updates to the old games to make use of the system hardware. So, um, for, uh, so a lot of them, or quite a few of them, were um, were expanded, like better color palette and so forth. Um, but not all of them did, and some companies actually refused to to do that, and hence didn't release an official XCGS card um, to go with it. That's pretty cool, man. Um, but Serby, uh, do you want to tell us how you acquired your um, XCGS, mate? Is it was that was that your first computer that you ever got? Yeah, it was a lot of pestering from old man to get me a computer after playing uh, on Jerry's Commodore 64 uh, pretty much on a daily basis. So I ended up uh, pestering him into getting me one from Maya in Dandenong for $299 upon release. So was, wow. Uh, now, what, what actually came in that pack? So the one, the most popular one came with the the console itself, um, detachable keyboard. So it was it could be used for typing, programming um, as an actual computer, not just a game system. Um, came with a light gun, and it came with a built-in game, Missile Command, as well as two cartridge games, Flight Simulator 2 and Bug Hunt. So those three games lasted me three years because my old man wouldn't buy me anything else. So <laughs> that was. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it was a game a year for me. Now, I was going to ask, um, so if you were actually playing the Commodore 64, why was it that you wanted to go the XC, the XCGS? You know, I was just thinking about this the other day, and I, I can't really remember, because I know Jerry had quite a bit of, um, he didn't have the disk drive back then, he got it after, so he had the tape deck. But um, I think it was just the, the load times and the waiting. So this was, this was advertised... Mainly, um, until I got it, I didn't re realize you could play um, disc and tape games. So I, I just knew it as a cartridge-based system. So um, on the display units in, in my Dandelion, you could, you know, they'd put in different games and they'd just pop it in, press start, and there you go, there's the game. So as opposed to, say, Goonies on a 64, which took 40 minutes, 40 or 45 <laughs> minutes to load, and then it would stuff up, and then we'd have to wait another 40, 45 minutes before it would load again. So I think it was the convenience of, um, of just time. Fair enough. So you wanted it, you, you wanted instant gratification, huh? Yeah, look, <laughs> look I, I haven't got time to wait, oh, you know? No. <laughs> <laughs> what, that's what? Oh, no, don't, 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 don't encourage him. What? Instant gratification? <laughs> he wants he wants to whack the cartridge in and stick it in, press, yeah? Sticks yeah, it in, absolutely. And, and he and he comes up. Yeah. <laughs> alright, oh. alright. Pull pull your heads back in, gents. Pull your heads back in. Oh. Oh. That's even worse, Alex. <laughs> it is, it is. <laughs> <laughs> your, what what is your favorite what is your favorite game on the um 
Uh, you know what? Six. I think it's three years of brainwashing with built-in missile command. I think, I think that's ruined me for life. <laughs> it is. It is actually a great, a great game, man. It is uh, a top. It's a great game. port. Yeah, it's a great port. I even prefer it to the SD ports and a few of the other, um, other later ports and the arcade port itself. So I just love that that XC version. But again, it's just. It's just three years of um, brainwashing and programming. So <laughs> that was that was um, the main game I played, or we, we both played over the time. Nice, nice. Now the interesting part about um, I was looking at the technical specs on all these machines is um, they all use the MOS sixty five hundred two CPU, and um, they had the Antic and the uh, and the graphics television interface adapter, the G, the GTIA, and uh, the Pokey, the Pokey sound chip, the potometer keyboard chip which uh, rivaled uh, the Sid but nothing can beat Sid um, well, no, you, you know what actually um, I oh. love about it as well that they share and that, that I much prefer over say Commodore um, and this is just the hardware thing it's the um, the SIO the serial input output um, so they all share that so you don't you can um, basically daisy chain multiple peripherals um, onto like onto each other you won't need a separate power supplies for each that was brilliant and that's something that they dropped off the ST line um, which I was spewing so you could you could have just the one system say the XCGS you could plug in a, a, a data set and if it's got the two SIO ports then you could just daisy chain um, onto a disk drive modem uh, whatever it, whatever it is yeah and you still have just the one power supply oh, very nice nah. one or two at the most yeah that's yeah. very good now and um, uh, yeah, I, I actually didn't realise that the eight-bit uh, line ran all the way till the uh, first of Jan, nineteen ninety-two. Apparently, um, so that's 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 a long while from seventy-nine to um, ninety-two. When by then you had sixteen-bit um, consoles out, and and uh, you know the ST and Amiga uh, were out, and um, yeah, so that's that's actually pretty cool that they they uh, ran officially till that point in time. Yeah, they were they, they were pushing it along. Um, I, do you guys ever remember seeing it around uh, where you guys were growing up? The XCGS in particular, because that was the latest one. I Never I definitely seen. don't. No, I definitely don't. I actually don't recall seeing um, Atari computers in any stores that I visited, except when the ST came out, sixteen bit, eight bit. Oh, yeah. I do not. I do yeah. not recall. I the twenty six hundred everywhere, right? Um, yeah. But then seven eight hundred. Uh, I saw the seven eight hundred. Yeah, that's okay. right. Yeah, but yeah, uh, but the computers, nah, man. I um even even like the local home entertainment um, stores didn't have them. Uh, Maya definitely, I can't recall seeing it. Um, yeah, so neither the XL, neither the XL or the XC um range. I yeah, I unless unless I was walking blinkered um, in those stores, but yeah. uh, I don't. <laughs> I, I know it was always. I, I remember seeing plus fours, Vic, um, uh, Vic 20s, and Commodore 64s, and even Amstrads, but I don't recall seeing Atari computers um, except for the ST when it came out. But, yeah. yeah, well, that, that says a lot in itself, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, but, but Commodore had a the 64. I mean, that, that had a stranglehold here anyway. Um, the only ones that I wouldn't expect to see here were the 800 because that was Eastern Europe market, and the 1200 would. Excel, which I'm still after. That was only an NTSC um, model. Um, but I'm trying to hunt one of those down. But I think the postage to Australia will cost me more than the actual system itself. Uh, yeah. And that goes for drug money. <clears throat> yeah, they do. Um, look, I, I know, um, I think we were speaking about this in the last episode with Aaron about um, uh, the startup screen. Now, I remember when I fired up um, the 800 before it died. Uh, just, it's so generic um there's no um personality behind it whereas you know the Commodore 64 gives you the friendly you know 65 whatever the hell it does um you know with the blinking um uh, uh what's it called yeah. um uh, you know cursor yeah thanks des yeah. uh, i lost my mind there for a second um buffer overflow uh yeah so uh, yeah that was that's the only thing that atari i don't know they could have added a little bit more um you know personality to their uh, computer range I, but i think i know why i remember you saying that but i think i know why 
and it's instant gratification because you have to wait for that to get the load, <laughs> yeah? Whereas the guitar is just loaded up straight, like, let's go, let's go, baby, let's go. Nice, nice. That's a, uh, that's a great answer. That's, <laughs> so what, that's a great answer. So what you're suggesting is this is why Atari failed is because they blew their load far too early and... <laughs> yeah, they <Ooh>. are, yeah. <laughs> They're definitely the rabbit, not the turtle. <laughs> Fair enough. Now, when it comes down to Sid versus Pokey... What do you reckon, uh, Serby? What's your uh, you know, what's your I, I, Still, I've got more exposure in a '64, um, so I remember a lot more '64 and um, and the the '64 tunes. I haven't because, like, like I said, I didn't have. I'm only getting more into the um, actual 8-bit games now, um, particularly with the Atari Max cartridges and so forth. So um, I personally, it's a Sid. Yeah, well, now, it's only fair. I, um, yeah. I actually found a video earlier on. I was just watching. Had some um, actually had uh, Atari, basically Atari eight bit versions of famous uh, Rob Hubbard tunes and stuff. And while they're noticeable, and there are a few that yeah, the um, the Commando theme sounds all right. It just is something that the the Sid definitely always did better. But mind you, it still like it still pumps out a pretty good pretty good tune, and it's definitely not say like a you know some of the early Atari Twenty Six Hundred or even you know, in Tele games where it's just borderline bleeping and not much else. Yeah, I, I want to get into the. Um, I want to download and get into the demos. Uh, a lot of the demos made for the eight bits because they really took advantage of um, of everything, and that's one thing I've um, I've really um, not had much exposure to. But I, I do read quite a bit about how how people rave about the sound chip, but a lot of it comes from the um, the demo scene. Um, which yeah, which I have to really download some and um, yeah, play on the system experience firsthand. Definitely, I know. I know there's an info base for the Commodore 64 that's got all the database of um, all the cracks. So I'm pretty sure there should be an equivalent one for the Atari. And if no one knows, I reckon Rob Caporetto will probably know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but most of the demo scene was, um, that I really got into was from the uh, 16-bit 16-bit era with the XT. Yeah, yeah, sorry, six, oh, sorry. I thought, um, yeah, eight bit. I'm not sure, but sixteen bit. Yeah, and um, there was a lot, especially from Euro, uh, Europe, yeah. um, East, Eastern Europe, especially. Yeah, there was a lot on the ST. Um, uh, interesting thing about the Pokey chip, um, the actual high end um, version of it was actually used in the Atari Coin Ops um, Missile Command and Asteroids Deluxe. Would you believe? So there we go. Oh. Now, now that's something that uh, that's something that the SID chip never did. Um, I don't think Commodore built any arcade machines. So, uh, mind you, uh, yeah, it probably could have been using some arcade machines with uh, crappy crappy sound. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's the that's the Pokey chip, man. But um, yeah, no, I, uh, I as I said, the only um, workable Atari 8-bit system that I've got is the um, XGS, and that's. Uh, thanks to Serby to uh, for introducing me to it, and um, yeah, it's actually it's actually quite cool. And uh, uh, because some of the games are a little bit harder to find, I did get an Atari Max uh, cart and um, uh, played or sampled some of the games that way. And um, yeah, no, there's some decent ports of um, of some classics on there. So yeah, yeah, really, that's, really that's cool. one good, good thing to mention about the XE games game system cartridges. Um, there, there were only thirty produced. Um, and if you want to collect them complete in box, that's that's gonna that's gonna set you back in both time and money. Um, but yeah, there's only thirty, so it, it's it's not too too much. But it, some of them are quite rare and expensive. That's the only problem. Yeah. Which is the rarest? Oh look, I've been oh, it's it's been twenty nine years since I've had it and hunting down. And I finally I think it was early this year I um, attained a Karateka. On the XE game system, and that's definitely one of the hardest ones to um, to get complete. Wow, really? Wow, yeah. I would think that would be the most common. No, like you, you can get Karateka on on disc, very common um, for every yeah. other bloody system. Um, but the actual XEGS, um, and I think they've they've tweaked it a bit for graphics or sound or something. I'm not sure, but um, yeah, the comp- even like loose cartridges, they usually sell for over 100 US dollars. So um, yeah. That- that actually reminds me, um, every time I would see on eBay um, Karate Car, and it was always for the 7800, I'd always go, oh, my God, I'm going to tell Serby. 
<laughs> and I reckon, I reckon I did that at least half a dozen times. And I'm thinking, you uh, idiot. It's the I, I think at least half a dozen more than that, but I'll still appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Ah, oh, jeez. Yeah. yeah. Actually, I just got something recently. It's um, it, it's it's called Atari XE Video Game Pack. Nine classic Atari computer games on a single cartridge for the Game Boy Advance. Um, these were There were only 50 made. Um, it was published by Good Deal Games, and I just recently got it, um, and that's still um, brand new and sealed. Uh, cost me a little bit over 100 bucks, but but the irony of this is, even though it's got the XE um, video game logo and everything, the games are actually ST games, not XE games. <laughs> no way! Oh, really? Yeah, I, I knew that already, but I, I just have to get this for the uh, for the collection, and particularly because of the rarity. Yeah, so it had Airball, which was on the XE, um, and it had uh, what is it, a Deflector, which was a uh, it was a prototype for the XE, but it wasn't released officially. Um, but all the other, but all those nine games are ST releases. So someone cocked up on the uh, in the actual marketing department, I think. So what what was the actual title called? Um, it's Atari XE Video Game Pack. Right, and it's okay. got the blue, the blue XEGS uh, logo uh, with a yep. red XE, um, and the games, the nine games are Another World, Airball, Bubble Dizzy, Deflector, Eliminator, which is one of my favourite uh, Houston games, as well as Nebulous, um, Flood, Gold Runner, and Return to Genesis. So, Interesting. I want it. It's 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 for the GBA, you said, yeah. It's for the GBA, yeah. So it wow. took, this took me years and years to track down just any copy, but it happened to be, um, yeah, still new sealed. Um, uh, but don't worry, there's still another 49 out there. Ah, <laughs> There's enough time for me to go and speak to my bank manager. That's good. Yeah, having having a um, portable version of Nebulous would be nice. Yeah, well, the main thing I wanted is um, for Nebulous and Eliminator. I wanted those two games um, specifically. Um Unportable, so um, I mean, yes. Mentioning the games before, I mean, like, is it the interesting thing? And I think Daz, you and I have had a chat about this in the past. That the XE mm-hmm. itself doesn't actually have a lot of original titles on it, does it? That a lot of the games no. were largely just arcade ports or like you know, Hero or things like that. Was there correct? Was there any survey that you know of or things that stand out as yeah games that were? Oh, you know what? I'm just looking at a at a cardboard cutout of the back of the box, which oh, was my original uh, XE game system box from 1987. Uh, I cut this out to look at all the games that I would one day have. Um, and looking at them now, they're all ports, uh, except, well, Rescue on Fractalus, uh, the Lucasfilm game, but that was on other systems as well. I don't think that was an arcade game. Um, I think there was an exclusive to the Atari called uh, Caverns of Mars. That was an Atari 8-bit exclusive, I believe. Um, and that's about it. Everything else, like Miss Pac-Man, Quicks, one-on-one, which is a fantastic game. Um, of course, the Star Raiders, Star Raiders 2, uh, which, which was quite popular in the States, but I don't know anyone here that really got into it. Rob is a big fan, but um, he's one of the few that I know. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, that's, that's a good point. Well, one interesting thing about the um, actual 8-bits, and I, this again took me years and years to track down, um, but there was an Arabic Atari 65 ST released, um, the Najm, or the what, what's translated as Star, and it's all in, uh, in, in Arabic, um, Arabic font as well. Wow. 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 Where did you, where did you get that one from? Um, Middle East somewhere? Um, yeah, Middle East. I think it was Egypt. Um, and the guy had zero feedback. Oh, and it was wow. well over $100. I'm like, crap, what do I do? What do I do? And I, I thought, you know what, I'll just I'll, I'll just risk it. And, um, yeah, within a week later, I ended up on the doorstep. Well, there we go. Egypt Post works better than Australia Post. Oh, <laughs> Egypt Post. And a lot quicker. <laughs> Wow. So, any um, any last thoughts, gentlemen, before we move on to uh, our public shelf choice? Uh, Daz, Atari, eight bit. What's uh, what have your what has been your experience with them? Um. Well, since I got my flash cart, 
I got one from uh, Atari Max as well, but I got the compact flash version. Um, I found the Atari Twenty Six Hundred ports were fantastic, but like, but like Aaron was saying, I can't find any exclusives. And if there was any ports from like C sixty four, for example, that were on there, and there ain't that many. They're just not. Maybe because like the resolution's lower. Everything just looks too big, and it just doesn't feel right. But for Atari twenty six hundred ports, I think it's fantastic. Um, but yeah, you know, I find that the games are hit and miss. I really can't find that that one game that blows me away besides Mega Mania. To be honest, I don't I, I don't dislike the system. I think it's it's great, but um, there isn't enough there to to keep me on there for a long time, personally. And you're specifically talking about the um, XEGS here. Yeah, correct, correct. Okay, all right. How about yourself, uh, AC? Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. got put onto it after um, the second packs when you guys had the, the GS running Blue Max. That it was the first time I'd ever actually been hands-on with one. So I lucked into one locally and thankfully had quite a few games. But I'm, look, to be honest, I'm you know, much in the same boat as Daz. I, I like Blue Max on it. I play probably one of the titles I played most, the most out of all of it. But... Yeah, without a flash card, it's sort of hard to sort of say because I've only got maybe nine, ten titles. So there are which oh, ones? Which ones? Yeah, Baron. Uh, oh, now you're putting me on the spot. Um, like Blue Max. I mean, were they all um, XCGS um, labeled cards, or were they all also the older brown ones from the um, XL? Uh, line? Bit, of, bit of both. So I've got like Donkey Kong uh, and a few uh, Galaxians. Uh, centipede like a couple of the the brown carts but i've also got quite a few of the the gray or the bulk of the gray ones i oh, sweet oh, look i've got i've got um several doubles so if you want just you know I'll, I'll hook you up with some that you don't have so just send me a list and i'll see if i've got anything that um that you don't have and i'll send some your way that'd be cool i mean i definitely want to get myself a max at some point because like daz says you know there's a few other things like mega mania and other stuff it should be good to good to have a crack at but um oh, look, they are they are a good little unit and surprisingly enough, I seem to keep finding them down here in Tassie. And I'm... <laughs> That's the Tassie's the Nevada desert of Australia for the Ataris, isn't it? Uh, for, given the sort of stuff, <laughs> I, think for retro, for retro, I reckon for retro yeah. gaming in general. Yeah, you, you've been, yeah, you've been getting some good. Um, might have to come visit, eh? Hey? No, hey, Aaron. Sh- sh- sh. When when people found out about <laughs> the house prices down here and they all moved down, it went crazy. Let's let's keep. There's still 25 grand for a full bedroom. Ah, yeah, I wish. Uh, Serby, before we actually move on, I remember um, something that blew me away on the XCGS was um, uh, a game called Midi Maze. Oh, yeah. how can yeah. I forget about? Yeah. Now, yeah. Daz, you want you want exclusive? You want um, something that okay. blows your mind? That's that's Midi Maze. You could um, Midi you Maze. Could link, okay. Yeah, Midi Maze. It's basically, uh, yeah. Go on, yeah, you sorry. could link up to uh, sixteen computers in a oh, Daisy Chain network. Yep, and play. Basically, it's a uh, smiley face three D Doom before Doom. Yeah, okay. So it's, a fir- it's a first person shooter. Yeah. Yeah, mm. it's great. I um, that's one of the probably my favorite game on the Atari ST is called Mini Maze Two, um, which is an update of it. Uh, and it's multiplayer only. But with the the other thing, with the XC, with the MIDI maze, you could link up an 8-bit XC to a 16-bit ST and play the game on different oh. versions. Oh, wow. That's now, nice. how, now, how cool now, is that? Yeah. And, I, and, and I remember you doing that um, at one of the Commodore, out of all days, uh, Commodore Club yeah. days, um, <laughs> which uh, which I think blew away all the Commodore guys were like, what the uh, hell? Uh, and um, that's when I thought, oh. yeah, i got to get one of these. And, um, yeah. and Serby hooked me up with the MIDI maze cart. And uh, yeah, man, it is it, it is pretty cool. So yep, everyone that was saying no no exclusive, there you go. Yeah, and just just blew away everything else. Now not only so if you if you daisy chain, that's why it was called MIDI Maze. Um, so you chain uh, you'd have a, a MIDI in and out adapter, and you just daisy chain it, and you can have up to sixteen players. Um, but you could it also supported like single player against the computer or over um, a network, just two. I think it was RS232 network. Uh, or you can go on modem and challenge someone one-on-one over the phone line as well. Oh, that's cool. That is... Yeah. yeah. 
do something that um, those of us on the, the only thing side is, couldn't do. Yeah, yeah the, the only thing is, oh, two things about that. One, it never got an official release. Um, and two, you can download it for free. However, unless you've souped up, so for example, if you can pop it down on your Atari Max cartridge, but unless you've got 256 um, RAM, uh, it won't, um, yeah, it won't play. Okay. That's why, like the cartridges, um, real, like they're, they're about 50 US. Um, if you can get any more, it's like from time to time, sometimes people make it. Video 61, uh, Lancet Video 61 made it. Um, yeah, so you'd have to have it on cartridge or have a souped up system uh, in terms of memory in order to run it. Cool. It actually looks yeah. really good. It is, Des. You'll uh, you'll like it, man. And um, an AC as well. It's 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 a lot of fun, especially getting mates. Um, all together, especially at places like PAX or uh, at the um, club days, uh, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, super. I, I, that's a good game. Number two is even like heaps, heaps better on the ST. Yeah. So, gents, are we all spent on the Atari 8 bits? Yeah, I'm ready to rock. Yeah. The next You're ready Next one. Who who actually had the publisher of choice this month? Was it was it UAC? So I I, I pitched. I put it to the the group to ask who who wanted to pick, and we had a couple of contenders. But um, Serbi came forth with our good friend Mr. Minter, aka Lamasoft. Oh, yeah. There's a look. It's something about it when back in the back in 1980. Yeah, beginning of 1987 when I just. When Jerry's house and he put on a game called uh, Revenge of the Mutant Camels, and I'm like, "What the fuck is this?" Uh, and that sort of like stayed with me until now. So yeah, just love the workiness yeah. of it all. Yeah, he definitely had his own distinctive style um, uh, in in a lot of his um, games. So yeah, Mr. Minter, who's uh, who's still pumping out games, the Great Yak. Um, he is. Yeah, between. Uh, between- posting vines on Twitter of him feeding his uh, flock um, from day to day and talking about other other new titles yeah. and things. He's uh, definitely yeah, and, keeping himself and busy. Aaron's yeah. being um, literal. That's not a euphemism. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Uh, but he said, he said um, looking at his uh, generational games, you know, from the second, third generation games all the way through to... Uh, you know, um, past, uh, you know, Neon... And, uh, Neon. Uh, the new one and um, and to uh, you know systems like the PS Vita. So yeah, he's uh, he's been around for a long time, pumping out games even on um, on smartphones as well. But uh, Llama Soft man, uh, yeah, for me, anytime I saw a, a, a camel, or well, I thought it was a camel, but it was a llama. Oh, <laughs> was it a, or was it a camel? I don't know. Um, I just knew it was uh, Jeff Minter. Um, he definitely had his own distinct style to his games and. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what what uh, you guys um, think of his games, but uh, yeah, he had he pumped out quite a few, and um, they're always uh, quite cool to play, and uh, and uh, yeah, with with awesome sound and uh, graphics too. You, you know what? One of my favourite things about Minter was um, just seeing in back in the day, looking at all the um, uh, video game mag, the computer gaming magazines. And just interviews with him. I just loved his. Um, <laughs> I just loved what he was wearing at each different interview. It was like llamas, knitted llamas on thick woolen jumpers. I thought that was cool. <laughs> yeah, no, his, just, his just me. Brand, his brand was not looking. I mean, he, he embraced the yak personality from you know early on. It was every time you'd see him in Zap, it was always be this yeah big hairy guy talking about these wacky games and stuff. Which I got to say too, the um like the diaries and the stuff like he actually used to do in, in those magazines were always a uh, something I used to enjoy looking forward to reading every month so he um yeah it's, it's, it's good that he's still around it's good that sort of you can still, still read, read up and see what he does but um what was I thought was it was interesting though because Llamasoft at least early on a lot of the stuff like it, like everyone did back then though was tended to be just clones of existing stuff so I mean Attack of the Mutant Camels obviously being a very heavy really influenced by Defender and Grid Runner being the um, Centipede clone I mean do you think that was a good thing or a bad thing or is this something where he cut his teeth on that and that's just sort of what he what they've what they stuck at throughout time um, 
Oh, it's hard, look, hard to say. But I'd, I'd, the way I see it, he just um, he loved those games, and then he made those games his own in his, in his own unique way, um, just simple, fun, uh, and, and a bit quirky to to um, to boot. And I think that's what's resonated with a lot of people. Um, they they might not have been well, unlike say later on, like the Tempest two thousand and three thousand and the respective systems, uh, they weren't really showcases on them, but um, they they were just pure fun. A lot of them were just fun as. Yeah, no, I I have to I have to agree with um, Serby on that. I know I know Daz has been keeping quiet, so Daz. Um... Uh, mate, the floor's the floor is all yours. <laughs> Everybody on the floor. Everybody <laughs> on the floor. On the floor. <laughs> okay. That's a good echo. It is. It is. <laughs> uh, what was I going to say? Firstly, I will I will make it make a point that I don't dislike his work. I think he's great. I, he's awesome. What he does, especially his music and his graphic style, is fantastic. But, but. What I get annoyed is is why he gets so much praise when he's just copied everything. Everything he does is pretty much a clone of another game with with a different sprite. That's what annoys me. Now, if if I'm if I'm gonna say like my favorite games, for example, would have to be Tempest, Robotron, and geez, I don't know what the third one would be. I'd say Tempest 2000. So I'm saying Tempest twice because Tempest was originally Atari. But <sighs> you know, no, I just get frustrated. I'm being a smartass. But dude, um... what's um, <laughs> what's what's the difference between that and uh, people using the Unreal Engine to build games now? I mean, they're all reskinned. You know, like all the first-person shooters now. I mean, would you say the same thing about them? No, not necessarily, because that's just an engine. You know what yeah, I mean? Well, they can add different things. They can add a story to it. You know what I mean? It's still a different game. It's like yeah. saying um, pole position is the same as Outrun. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, uh, yeah. Look, he he definitely had his own distinct style. So I, I I would I would go back to what Subi was saying. Is that he had his own quirkiness about it? So it it, it was these games like uh, Lamatron, um, uh, for instance, right? It was basically his take on Robotron, right? Filtered through his own distinct style. Um, which made it its own, right? Um, and it was actually better than playing Robotron, except for the actual arcade machine. Um, and so, so, so he took he took a you know a, a game and actually made it um, through his own um, style of things uh, with graphics and sound and whatnot and gameplay. And and to me, he actually made it even better to actually play it so um you know tempest tempest the only way to play tempest the original is on the arcade machine right and no one's got those Correct. especially in australia but tempest 2000 on the uh, jaguar i mean uh, yeah that that that, wow. that was probably that was the killer app on the jag so um and i know this is a computer-based podcast so we won't talk about it too much but uh, you know uh, again yeah you're it is it is a um uh, a copy to use a crude term of a game yeah, yeah but that's different yeah. but that's but that's actually for atari that that i say fair enough and yeah. I, I and i absolutely love that on the sega saturn i've got the sega saturn version i think it's fantastic but to me that the pinnacle tempest version i reckon even better than the original arcade is tx txk and i oh, that, yeah. that is just that game is amazeable it's unbelievable I'd say um, also what I love about it to go on with what Alex was saying, he also included the um, rotary controls in the uh, Jaguar port. So if you play it um, with a with a rotary controller, like a homebrew rotary controller, it's just absolutely, oh, it's just amazing. I think Alex can vouch for that as well. It's just uh, something I'll, about it. Yeah, I was going to save that for my um, top three lum. Um, Lama Soft Games or Jeff Minter Games, um, and that was the exact reason. Like uh, Tempest 2000 with a rotary controller, seriously, is um, it, it's it's probably my top ten uh, favourite games on any system um, by far. So uh, that's how good it is. I mean, it's great with just the you know people bag the normal controller, but with a rotary, it's just unbeatable. It's brilliant, and again, Jeff Minter added that in, and I don't think um, I don't think Atari actually uh, you knew. Know, would, well, I don't know if they knew or not. Did they know? Serbia? I don't think they did. I, did they? Look, I'm not sure, but I think the plan was to release a rotary controller. I never got around. 
Um, yeah. But yeah, people have made them since, so you can still enjoy the game as it's meant to be enjoyed. So since since we're on the topic, um, and we'll start with you, uh, Subi, what what are your top three um, games from Minto or Llamasoft? Well, look, number one spot, like you said, um, I've, I've got all the Tempest 2000 versions on every platform release, and I played them all. Um, but definitely nothing beats uh, Jaguar with the rotary controller. That's just that's just amazing. That's that's number one. Um, the other ones, it's uh, look. I'm there was a bit of controversy with it. not controversy, but it was like you loved it or you hated it. But that was Space Giraffe on the 360. I actually loved it, um, but you can't play it like Tempest. If you play it like Tempest, you won't get that far, and you certainly won't um, stack up the points. Um, so I did enjoy um, Space Giraffe, um, and now I'm getting into into the TXK on Vita. Actually, one of Vita. Um, when I first came out, and I kept it just for because I knew Minta was releasing a, a, a temp, Tempest um, for the Vita. So that so that actually leads me to two things there. Um, I bought two systems purely because of Jeff Minter, and that is the Jag for Tempest 2000 yeah. and and a Vita for TXK. So both, uh, well, they are Tempest. Um, yeah. Uh, reskin Tempest, right? But uh, that's that's the power of his games. Is that but, he, he, yeah, yeah? It actually made me buy buy those systems because of that of of his games. Well, I also bought a new one just so I could play Tempest Three Thousand, which still has an <laughs> awesome but, rocking soundtrack. That was just yeah, love the soundtrack. The trifecta, the trifecta. No, that's a that's a top list, uh, Subi. And um, yeah, uh, AC, how about yourself, mate? Oh, sorry. Go, uh, go on, Subi. I was just going to say, before I move on, the other three things I love um, is uh, VLM, Virtual Light Machine, in a, in a Jag CD player, in the Nuon, and in the, um, as you um, said before, the Freudian Sleep Neon, which was um, in the Xbox 360. Um, and, and they're just, it's just brilliant. But there's, there's something special about the Jag CD one, just the heavy pixelation of the colors and everything coming out. And that was, yeah. Oh, so was that was that his creation, was it? Yeah, that's that's, that's that? his. Uh, VLM one was in Jag, uh, VLM two was in the Nuons, um, but the, the different Nuons had different effects. Um, the best ones being the Samsung N five hundred series, and then the um, Xbox three hundred and sixty that had the Neon. That's his um, yeah Virtual Light Machine three, and you could actually interact with it with four control. If everyone had um, a controller reach up to four players, you could change um, all the effects uh, that you're listening cool. to. Oh, very very cool. I see. Yeah, mate. Um, so sticking to the eight and sixteen bit because otherwise I'd just go on about TXK endlessly. Um, yeah. Mate, <laughs> attack the two, the two attack of the mutant clones on the sixty four. Uh, mutant clones, mutant camels. What, what have you done to me, guys? Okay. It's Daz's fault. Apologies to the Jeff Minter fans. I did not mean that. Um, yeah, Attack of the Mutant Camels <laughs> 1 and 2 were because one of my first introductions <clears> to his games. Just Again, back then, I didn't really know what Defender was. Um, so to me, it was just I'm shooting camels or I'm a camel shooting camels at other camels. <laughs> um, camel Hunter. It was, yeah, that, that was strange. And that was, I think, what was what really resonated throughout but the third one was actually what sold me on wanting to get a cd32 was um llamatron i picked up on a pd disc when i got a friend's cd32 for him up north and bought it home and thought i'd have a play and that was on the disc and yeah that was pretty much what sold me on wanting one myself so there we go so there's a so there's another system that was bought because of uh, of a jeff Minter game <laughs> does well, my first experience was like, "What the hell is going on?" And I didn't know I didn't know what I was doing, but I didn't mind it. And that was Sheep in Space. Are you still talking about video games, Dad? Yes. No. no. Come here, Sheepy. <laughs> no. No, Sheep in Space was a uh, was was a weird one. It was like a shooter. <laughs> That you could, well, I think, if, if I remember correctly, you, you can even walk upside down your your llama. You got to shoot sheep, I think. I can't remember; it's been that long. <laughs> Are you sure you're not confusing with um, pigs in space from the Muppets? <laughs> no, sheep in, haven't you heard of sheep in space? No, no, sheep in space no, is definitely a so. um, yeah. the shooter. You could fly the way, and you had yeah, you could walk yeah. on the ceiling. You had camels flying at you, and 
that is brilliant. No, that's something I have yeah. to definitely check out. Had yeah, it's, it's really screwed up. Eating but, food. But, and, yeah. yeah. Like, oh, you probably know, remember more than me. Because it's, it's probably one of the first games I played on the thing. Um, <laughs> but uh, top three... I'll I'll try to I'll wait, I'll stay clear from T T X K, but I'll go Tempest two thousand on the Sega Saturn. That's that's my number one for sure. Um, wow, it's really hard. Uh, I probably go for um, what's it called? Is it freaking? Geez, I already forgot what it's called. I'm, I'm trying to look for the list here, and I can't remember what it's called. How, oh, Attack of the Mutant Camels, and it was there was a sequel, wasn't there? Yeah, revenge. Yeah. yeah, yeah, revenge. Yeah, I think Channels, I played that yeah. one more, but yeah, I'll I'll yeah. chuck them in in two and three, because uh, because they reminded me too much of um, what's it called, Empire Strikes Back on the Atari Twenty Six Hundred. Instead yeah. of um, yeah. instead of what are they, the Walkers? Yeah. What are yeah. they called? Those Walkers. Yeah, instead of Walkers, though. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of that, you had camels. Or the at at. Yeah, yeah, at at. Which actually. That's that's how you're supposed to actually pronounce them. Is it? I don't know. Surely a, a, a Star Wars fan will um, advise us on Facebook or Twitter. ATAT. As they're not actually referred to anything other than, I think, the walkers in the movies, but ATAT is generally how you hear them referred to. Yeah, in the old commercials. Yeah. Have a listen, Daz. Get on YouTube. No, 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 but it's actually, I actually saw a, a documentary not long ago, and it was like, one, I don't know, it was one of the producers or someone from the making of dude, the original. original dude, and this is, yeah, they said Atat. This is exactly like um, uh, Sega, right? No one calls it Sega, it's Sega. Because there <laughs> yeah. was no such thing as uh, Sega. That came out in 91, people, not in 1987, so it was Sega all the way. Anyway, <laughs> oh, um, second Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, no, we'll stop there. Uh, look, for me, uh, Lamatron 2112 on the ST, loved it. Um, massive fan of uh, Robotron, so when I saw that, and again, man, just the, um, uh, you know, the Jeff Minter style of game, beautiful. Uh, Grid Runner, because I was a Centipede fan, but I thought Grid Runner was done quite well on the Commodore 64. And... Uh, Number one is uh, Tempest 2000 on the Atari Jaguar with a rotary controller. Totally unbeatable. Thanks, Serby. I knew I knew it was you because. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. This is what happens when you get the number one and two fans of the Jag in the country on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, oh, exactly. Come on, come on AC. <laughs> yeah. Actually, no. speaking of the Jag, AC. Um, there's uh, with Jeff Minter's blessing, there's going to be a cartridge release shortly with the Lamatron uh, and uh, another game, obviously, from the ST onto two games on the one cart. Yes, so that's uh, that's coming my way shortly. I think how much that would cost. Okay, so <laughs> definitely under, I think, it's, yeah, we're shipping under $600, uh, so it's good. Plus. Plus no. Plus, uh, it's um, it, uh, I think forty-five US for a cartridge. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> yeah, that's very reasonable. That's all right. Yeah. So, well, at the risk of this turning into RD, um, onto the walls, <laughs> social media stuff. I think is uh, have a look and see what our thing. So, as alluded to before, the the Facebook response for this was not great, but that's all right. We love them all the same. So. For the top three, we had so David Belauza suggesting that Mutant Camels. Mark Vass suggesting it didn't really play many of his games, but do, does remember Encipital, Hover Bover, and Battle Axe, all on the C64. Two of those being incredibly bizarre and also what the hell games. <laughs> but, um, Graham W. Wobke, Battle Axe on C64, Grid Runner on the Vic 20, and Space Giraffe on XBLA. And Kfu Lim with Hover Bover and Matrix. And that's it for Facebook. Thanks well, guys. let me let me shuffle all the papers from Twitter, man. <laughs> Can you hear that? Um, oh, all right. Uh, from the top. <laughs> yes, Daz. Twitter, the other social media platform. Um, the better one. Sorry, uh, the only, yeah. uh, the, uh, the only, sorry, yeah, correction. Uh, Extent of Jam, um, 
says such a hard question. Oh, I might go for Tempest 2000 and Sipital, my first, and Lamatron on ST. Mark Thomas, Vulcan Jedi. No relation to Blood Jedi? No. Um, I'm rather fond of Space Giraffe on my 360. Lawrence Staveley, CJ Reboot, says um, Attack of the Mutant Camels, A8 only though. Uh, TXK and Hover Bover. Again, on the Atari 8. That's good. Atari 8 bit. Um, Andrew Fisher, Merman, 1974. Iridis Alpha on the Commodore 64. Tempest 2000 on the Jag. And Mama Lama on the Commodore 64, just to be different. John Redshaw says, Revenge of the Mutant Camels. Lamatron, Tempest 2000. Lots of love for Tempest 2000. Um, PS Vita Roundup uh, says, That will be TXK, of course. Tempest 2000 and Lamatron on the PC. All totally epic. Uh, There's more as I shuffle my papers. Um, Mark Bell says, uh, Space Giraffe, my favourite by a long shot. Then... Minotron. Oh, was there a Minotron as well? Uh, I think that was on the iPhone and possibly. Oh, oh, that's pretty clever. Okay, and uh, Iridus Alpha. Oh, I, I might be confusing it for another title. Oh, okay. Well, um, I'm impressed. I actually didn't know, but um, I'll look that up after the podcast. Um, Holtzweig says, uh, Ancipital C64 Matrix uh, Vic 20 Laser. Oh, Laser Zone. Did he do that on the Vic 20? No, I didn't know that. Great, I've got Danger Zone stuck in my head. Yeah, no, I, I've got Laser Zone on cart, and I reckon it's a fantastic game. I didn't know it was a, um, a Jeff Minter uh, Lamasoft game, but uh, moving right along, Howard Nibs. Uh, all Commodore 64 games, yay. Sheep in Space, Hover Bover, and Attack of the Mutant Camels. Paul Nichols, Syntax Aerosoft, says Attack of the Mutant Camels was my only Lamasoft game back in the day. Cartridge format. Ooh, uh, nice. Well, Nice, very, very nice. Again, Rob Caparetto, Matrix 64, um, uh, Attack of the Mutant Camels on the Atari 8 and Battleaxe. Battleaxe, yeah, on the Commodore 64. And he says uh, he doesn't count the DOS port of Tempest 2000 in that as Jeff didn't port it. Ah, interesting. Was it that shit, was it, um, Serby? Tempest um, 2000 on, on DOS? No, I think the DOS one also, the good thing about it is it supports um, Roland MT32 sound module, so it gives you whole different orchestral sound track to it so i'm gonna i've, I've got that i've got to i've got to check that out but i did i didn't realize he didn't port that i'm not i'm not sure i know he didn't port and he himself doesn't like uh tempest extreme on playstation one he said uh, uh yeah doesn't have okay. good things to say about it cool and last but not least rob geiger punk um says matrix battle x tempest 2000 Though it's a tough call with Battle X between Iridus Alpha, Sheep in Space, and Space Giraffe. And on that note, mate, Twitter. Burn, baby, burn. Burns Facebook again. That's all right. That's good. (laughs) And just like that, gentlemen, uh, we've hit the hour mark, would you believe? We have. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It took a while to get there. Mind you, we've been at it for... um, Two hours, but <laughs> we've only been <laughs> done it. <laughs> we've only been recording for one, but that's another story, uh, isn't it, yeah. Daz? That's right, and we have another story, don't we, Alex? It's a sad one. We do, we do, Daz. We do. It is with um, uh, a lot of sorrow and heavy hearts. That um, uh, yeah. Oh well, Daz, you can you can announce. All right, I'll announce it. Uh, myself and Alex will be departing the show as of today. So this is our lucky last. Yeah, but I was going to say it's not a goodbye, but I uh, see you again. And um, yeah, I got to I got to thanks. Uh, oh, well, I got to send a thank you to yourself, Daz, for um, the opportunity because it was um, your idea and um, and all of our guests, including Serby, uh, for coming I'm on. Sorry, the show. I broke the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you broke it, man. You broke it. Now, look, it's been it's been fun having everyone on, and also educational uh, stuff I've learned from people um, like Tony Cruz for one, Rob Caparato, and the rest. Um, fantastic. And HC, mate, what can we say about you? But um, you've yeah, uh, you've been a godsend, I reckon, uh, for yep. this time. Pretty much running the whole social media stuff on your own and doing a phenomenal job at it. So uh, I think press plant tape is in very, very good hands. Don't you reckon, Daz? I honestly agree. And uh, I couldn't be more comfortable passing the torch over 
to him anyway. So yes, so so it's yeah. a new epoch. It's a new epoch under Aaron's stewardship. And uh, just as a as a fan of the podcast from first to now and beyond, I uh, just want to echo that. And Aaron, you did a great job last episode as well, mate. Really enjoyed it. So looking forward to the future ones. Thanks, guys. I look, it's I think as I said before, I appreciate the opportunity of both yourself and Alex. Dad's just actually having me on with little, you know, little no experience of this sort of stuff. So it's uh, been been a learning game. But um, no, look, I am definitely definitely keen to, to continue this on because it has been a lot of fun. And yeah, but I'm going to miss you guys. Not that you'll be that far away because I'm sure if there's ever ah, an we'll opportunity to drag you on and have a chat every single Absolutely. Yeah. Sounds good, man. Sounds good. Well, yeah, yeah. About, about you, about you, like learning and starting, mate. I mean, <clears throat> I think I think you took those training wheels off the first five minutes that you're on the first show. He so, did, didn't he? He did. Yeah. He was like a duck, a duck to water. Um, yeah, he's, like, he's like he's like screw this shit. Me, yeah, get those yeah. training wheels off. <laughs> Unshackled. <man. laughs> I'm actually picturing you on a, on a little kid's bike training <laughs> wheels. Oh God! Wow! Oh, that's not a mental image I needed, and I'm me. Um, (laughs) And how tall tall are you? I see you're six foot something, aren't you? Six Six, um, four. Wow! On a on a little tricycle. um, Yeah, Daz, come on, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just just riding riding down the street. There's kids inside saying, "Mom, there's that man again." You had a control, Des. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. In, in all seriousness, um, I, I'm I'm really gonna miss. I'm gonna really miss doing the show, and um, and I'm very happy to yeah, like I said, pass on the torch to to Aaron. And um, thank thanks to everyone that I've um, gotten on the show. You know that you know made made friends on this show as well. So um, yeah. But yeah, look, I'll, I'll be back. I'll be back sticking my head around. You know, in there. Once now, can you moon, so. can you can you put a uh, Arnie um, soundbite there? I'll be back. Wait, wait. I'll be back. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. You you ruined <laughs> my my. Uh, I was watching you rolled Arnie. Thanks. Big emotional <laughs> moment. Hey, yeah. wrecked it. Wrecked it. <laughs> wrecked it, mate. So yeah, so look, it's not the end. Keep listening, guys. Because yeah. uh, Aaron's going to kick butt. So, again, thank you. So, is there anything else anyone wants to put in before any, we head any off? Sh- any shout-outs, guys? Any thanks? I mean, thanks, Serby, obviously, for, for coming along after we got all our Skype drama sorted. Uh, well, thanks for hanging around after I got all my Skype drama sorted. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah uh, thanks for having me on. I uh, feel honoured being the last one, so cheers for that. Um, and yeah, just, uh, thank, thanks to you guys. Shout out to the other Widen Retro crew. Um, also just in, in, in terms of the, um, since we're talking Atari, um, there's a lot of information on, um, Antic, the Atari 8-bit podcast. Um, they just cover a lot. If you, if you want to know Atari, that's just hardcore into the whole history and, and things. And, uh, last but certainly not least, um, shout out to my cat, Benny. Who's out there walk about somewhere for two and a half fucking weeks now? So if you're hearing oh, this, buddy, come home. All right. Oh, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> and the Jets. Uh, that's where he got his name from. Oh, did he really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He probably caught a jet, man. Well, he's, yeah, he's, he's a unique uh, kitty. Oh, man. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that, man. Hopefully he comes back home. Yeah, yeah, geez, yeah, I've been hearing so many bloody stories of, you know, two weeks, three weeks late. Gil told me, oh, nine months later, our cat came back, you know. I'm like, what the fuck, nine months? <laughs> what so, did yeah. they do? <laughs> uh, actually, uh, actually <laughs> our cats are awesome, as are. Come on. Yeah, yeah. but they're, you know, they're awesome assholes. Let's, let's, yeah, they are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, sorry, um, I got one shout out actually, seeing this is the, an Atari episode as well, the Atari XEGS podcast. You can jump on that as well. That's actually a really cool show. And I think they're on, they're going to be releasing their fifth episode. You've got Dave there, so a big uh, shout out to Dave. So, yeah. yeah. And a big shout out to everyone for listening and supporting the podcast. Absolutely. Absolutely. So. If you want to want to know where to find us, you can look us up on Facebook, and we always need more love at looking for the Press Play on Tape podcast. You can find us on Twitter at, at PPOT underscore podcast. 
as well as we are on Podbean, iTunes. Must look into getting onto Google Play at some point as well, if we're not already. Mm-hmm. Um, but also to retro, the RetroDomination.com and OzRetroGamer.com. Correct. And that is a wrap. Woo! Thanks, AC. Thanks, Thanks, Okay. And our, apolog- and our apologies to Freak and Frankly, we've run out of time tonight. Oh, nice, nice. Uh, adios. Adios. All right, guys. See ya. Bye. Vanguard sent the beat. Galaxian. Now, where you been? You'll make the days roll on by. Blasting bombs out of the sky. Well, you know deep down that it's gonna be a hummer. Cause nobody's hotter than Atari this summer. Nobody's hotter than Atari this summer. This summer, the really hot video games come from Atari. We've got Centipede, Ms. Pac-Man, Vanguard, and Galaxian. If you thought it was going to be just another summer, Atari is going to turn your head around. The hot names, the hot names.